This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. I wish that becoming a Christian meant that from the day you say a simple prayer, everything in your life would be blue skies and sunny days and no pain. As you could have any and everything you want exactly when you wanted it and nothing would ever go wrong. And over the years, it has seemed like some who profess Christ have sold or promised that very thing. The problem with this is it's just not true. In fact, the Bible actually kind of says the opposite. Well, not kind of. <laughs> Jesus told the disciples in John 16:33, "In this world you will have tribulation or trouble. But be of good cheer or take courage, because I have overcome the world." In John 15:19 through 21, he said this, If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, because I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And let me give you just one more. 2 Timothy 3, Paul's writing a letter to his son, advising him of difficult times to come. Times that sound very much like what we're living in right now, but that's a whole nother episode. Here's what he told them, some of it at least. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Then he said this, stay away from people like that. That's a father talking to his son. He goes on to tell him how much persecution he's already had to endure because of the gospel. And then in verse 12, he says this. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Whew. That sounds nothing like give your life to Jesus and everything will be all right. This journey can be challenging, family. That's just the truth. But that is also not all there is to the story. I have to be honest. I have never been a fan of spiritual warfare. Even though I have eyes and they're getting more and more open every day and I can see the enemy and his activities and all his trafficking around me every day. If I had a choice, I would just avoid all of that kind of spiritual activity and interaction altogether. I know that on a certain level, that may sound naive and even spiritually immature, 
but I've just never had any interest in jumping on people's back, wrestling around on the floor and yelling at some demon somewhere. I'm, I'm just not interested in that. And part of the reason for that is because I never really fully understood the whole warfare thing. I never saw any demons that I was aware of. And I never knew what you were supposed to do if you ever did. Now, I'm sure I mentioned before, but I'm just not interested in any kind of spiritual activity that seemed weird to me or crazy. And that whole spiritual warfare thing, to me, just always used to fit in that category. And then there's the natural reality that I just don't like to fight, right? I didn't say I don't know how to fight. I just don't like to. I understand that there are times when it may be necessary or unavoidable, but I just really don't like violence of any kind. And fighting against dark or demonic forces or spirits is not an exception. But the reality is, when you truly surrender and give your life to Christ, you become aligned with public enemy number one. History has already been written as well as the end. And in the end, Satan who has already been defeated, and all of his angels, who are demonic spirits, will be cast into the lake of fire, which Jesus said was created for them, and they will stay there for eternity. But until that time, he is fully committed to being here and fighting against everyone that looks like the one who defeated him on that cross. That means you and I. Because when we accept the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross and surrender our lives in return for his living within us, he becomes one with us and we become new creatures. That does not mean that we become perfect in an instant. It just means that we become new. I always struggle with the idea of that, but consider this picture. It might help. If you take a glass of pure water and a glass of freshly squeezed lemon juice and mix them together, you will have something new or different. You won't have lemon juice and you won't have water. You'll have lemonade. So if you consider each of us, all of us, completely unique from every other person who has ever lived and merge that with Christ by and through his spirit, you will have a creature that has never existed before. You absorbed by and into God. There has never been a version of that. And there will never be another copy of that creature in all of history. A life of surrender, not talking about just a life of one who's repeated a prayer, but a life that has been laid down to the one who consumed it, begins to show evidence of the fruit of the Spirit who dwells within it. Galatians 5.22 says that fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the evidence of these things flowing out of us show not only the world around us, but they also show Satan himself who we are. And that's like the opposite of what we read earlier in Paul's letter to Timothy, right? But here's the thing. Until we start to see ourselves the way God sees us, 
and even the way Satan sees us, which is through the blood of Jesus Christ, as sons of God in whom he lives and dwells and in whom we live and move and exist. Until we start seeing ourselves that way, we will continue to live like we were the ones who were defeated. Be very sure, as long as we are on this earth, we cannot avoid the fight. Not fighting with or against other people. But Ephesians 6 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. So there will be a fight, family, but it's not a fair one because dwelling in you is the one who has already won, the one who has already overcome the world. We are not on the back foot. We are not on the ropes. We are not the underdogs. We are not the victims. We are the victors because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And that victory is demonstrated in our lives through the authority that has been given to us. So we need to begin to pray. Ask God to redeem that authority. We've either rejected or given away. And we need to begin to take authority over any and everything that comes against us. Make no mistake, there is a war going on. But know this, when the final bell rings, all who are surrendered and will live in him will be victorious. It's time for us to stop running from the attacks of the enemy against our families, against our finances, against our health. And let the greater one who lives in us live victoriously through us, boldly, out loud.